Hey everybody, Constance Mesmer here. Thank you for joining me. I wanted to tell you a few things today um, that have to do with what it was like for me growing up without the language to what really was occurring to me. Um, perhaps these are experiences you yourself might have had as children, and maybe you'll see yourself in some of my stories. Thanks for joining me. My brother has shared with me this story about when I was really little, I was still in a high chair. I'm the youngest of four kids. And he remembers a time when I turned to my mom and I said, mommy, when I was your age, did I have children too? Did I have kids too when I was your age? And she looked at me and she said, you were never my age, honey. And I was kind of perplexed, but Charlie remembered that. My brother remembered that, which is quite significant for me because it makes me realize that even then I knew I had lived before. As a young child, I used to, um, like grade school, I think it was grade school, I used to look in the mirrors. I never told anybody this. Listen, I didn't tell anybody half the stuff that was going on in my head and my experience. I used to look in the mirror in the bathroom and I, I'd look straight in my eyes and I'd say, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Because I knew I wasn't me. I wasn't, I wasn't just me. I knew I wasn't me. So I kept looking, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And oftentimes my field of vision would get a little fuzzy and my face would change to different shades of different colors of skin. So I knew I had had different experiences of different shades of skin, different hair, different hats, different facial structure, different facial hair. I was not always a woman. It was, or a girl, it was always so fascinating to see all these things. And I just, I just locked it into my awareness and then kept going about my day. But, um, that was always fun. I invite you to do the same. It's so silly, but it's so cool. Really, truly. I also used to realize, um, I knew that there were other people that lived in our house. We lived in an old house that used to be a duplex and my parents had purchased it and then remodeled bits to make it a single family home. And my sister and I shared this room with this really big closet, which was so cool. It was big to me. It's probably not very big right now. But I remember um, lying in bed often and, and I kept seeing people coming and going in the closet. They were chatting and everything. And I thought, oh, that's weird. And what was really weird is I could see through them. So I didn't tell anybody that because I was like, huh, all right, whatever. I, you know, I wonder if I had uh, watched like ghost stories as a kid or, you know, spooky stories, probably some, you know, but I don't really, really remember, you know, being affected by them enough to conjure these images up in my mind. It was really happening in a different space in my head. It was happening in my mind's eye. Often I would, um, see spirit in different ways. Sometimes I would see them in my mind's eye. I would see them through the veil, like uh, as if you could see a reflection in a window. Um, I would see them in the third dimension in the physical. They would look like solid people. That was always tricky <laughs> to, to handle. But I was very aware of other people kind of being and then sharing in the same space as uh, as I was, even though they didn't turn to me and converse with me. Um, they seemed to be doing their own thing and I was just noticing them. 
Although I do remember one morning, I got up really, really early. I walked down the hall. You know, I, I first of all, I didn't want to wake my sister. I, I walked down the hall past my brother's room, past my other sister's room, and sat on this little ledge at the top of our stairs. We were up on the second floor. I sat on the top of the stairs and was looking out the back window to the backyard. And I was called there. I knew I had gone there because I felt compelled to go and sit there really early. This was not even like Christmas morning, all right? <laughs> this was really early to have some time. And I, I didn't know what, but I knew in my mind that that's where I was supposed to stop and sit. And so I had asked kind of in my mind, now what? Now I didn't ask that to anyone in particular. I didn't know to ask that to anyone in particular. But I, what I heard back in my mind was, wait, wait. This often happens to me, this wait business, wait. So I was like, okay, I'll wait. I was looking out the window and which was to my right. And all of the sudden I felt this presence or this energy to my left. You know how sometimes you can do this at home, um, you know, be really quiet with each other and then see if someone can sense your energy when you sneak up on them. Sometimes they can, right? So I sent this, this energy to my left and I turned to my left and I looked and in my field of vision, so it was an external shape in the third dimension, there was this woman with, um, you know, kind of soft curly hair and she had like a gown on or something or a dress. Um, and I was looking at her going, huh. And she said to me, remember this moment. Now she was talking out loud to me and I heard her out loud. She was saying, remember this moment, remember this moment. Now I heard her out loud, but I pretty much can only guess that it was all happening internally on my inner ear, in my thoughts, in my head, but it wasn't my voice. It was someone else's voice. It was her voice. Um, she said, remember this moment. And then she started to tell me some of the things that would happen in my life golly, big pause right here. I'm getting chills. She started telling me some of the things that would happen in my life. And I was like, how do you even know this? And she said, because I'm you at 50. I don't remember if she said 52, 54, 58, 56. I mean, looking back now, I'd have to actually go back to my diary and see what I wrote. I'm you at this later time. And I was like, whoa, she said, remember this. I said, I'll be hard pressed to forget it. You know, I didn't say that. I was really young. I was like mm, sixth grade, fifth grade. I was like, oh, I, I will. I'm, <laughs> I will. And then when she got that, I was going to remember it. She left. She'd like vanished. And I was like, wow. It was not until years later that I was like, what the heck, man? How did that even happen? How did I send myself a message to my past to be okay with what was going to transpire in my life and prepare for my future? Phenomenal, really. <laughs> 
one time I was riding in the car with my mom and um, I was in grade school. I don't know how old I was, but I was in grade school and we had the windows up. It was hot and um, we were just driving along. And in my awareness came this song and I was like, wow, kind of, you know, singing to it in my mind. And I turned around and looked back and there was this car coming up to us. And I knew that the song was coming from there, from that car. Cause it was like, I was all of a sudden sitting in the car by just by looking back at it and thinking, huh, I wonder what it's like in that car. And when we got up to the stop sign, the car came up to us. I could not hear any sound emanating from the car. Our windows were up. Don't forget. So I rolled down my window Still couldn't hear anything coming from their car. At that moment, the gal in that car rolled down her window. And at that moment, I heard the exact song that I was hearing in my head. It was the first time, now I know, that I had astral projected. This would happen again to me more often, where I would project my psyche, psyche, like my soul awareness to a different place and be able to experience the sights, the sounds, the smells, the um, awarenesses in that other space while my body physical was not there. <laughs> yeah. Remember I said I was raised Catholic. So in fourth grade, I had this really cool nun teacher, Sister Patrice, God, she was cool. She was Irish. She played the guitar. I thought, gosh, she shot, taught us how to shoot marbles. I thought, geez, if she's known, I want to be that. Um, she taught us a, just tons of prayers, which were really great spiritual protection for me in those years. And also still, I revert to some of them when I need them. Um, but, <laughs> but, but because it was um, fourth grade and I was having a lot of different experiences and I was having some just awarenesses come up, I used to pray the rosary every night. And my, my sister, God bless her, she would play, play the, ra the radio every night really loud. And we would kind of have this battle because I couldn't concentrate when she was playing the radio with music. And then I would pray the rosary loud, out loud, really loud. And then dad would yell up the stairs, you girls turn that down. <laughs> he would get really upset because, you know, we were keeping the whole house up. But most of all, I would pray to myself and, you know, to God in my own mind, in the quietness of my own heart and mind. But I was really good at imaginal prayer, like really seeing vividly the scenes of the various life um, times of Jesus, which is what the rosary depicts and, and kind of allows us to enter into. And I think that um, some of that was also preparation for vividly being able to enter into those spaces to see, smell, hear another space. Now, why do I say this? Because I remember, um, I remember also during that time, I was really enamored of the saints because when I was little, we had this great little saints book about all the saints. And when I read these stories, they comforted me and they also scared me. In one way, they were my people. I totally could relate to their mystical experiences. I totally could. But in other ways, you know, they were scary because they had to suffer. And I was like, who, who wants that? I don't want to suffer. Life is already tricky enough. But 
so in the in the dining room we had that little book in the, in our buffet table which I adored. I was always the duster, so I dusted the buffet table, and every time I'd pull that little book out and read it. But in the living room, Dad had some books. One which was fabulous on palm reading. So I had this nice balance of like, you know what you know, I'm a mix of both kind of. And so when I was little, I knew I wanted to grow up to either be a psychic or a saint. <laughs> I think that is so hilarious. And you know, whatever, right? Whatever. One of my favorite saints at the time was um, Joan of Arc. And I didn't read until way later in life about her, a little more about her story. And, and one of the things that really struck me and also fed my soul and made me swoon really was when she was asked, but doesn't all of this happen in your imagination? All these, like she would um, talk to other saints and she would talk to God and she'd see them in her garden and all this stuff. And she was asked, don't, doesn't this all just, ha just happen in your imagination? And she responded, of course it happens in my imagination. That's where all of these things happen. And it was later that I understood and discovered the the awareness of the imaginal realm. It's it's actually one of the um, psychic perceptive ways is through our inner space, in our um, inner terrain, where all of these experiences ha can happen so vividly and do happen so vividly. So I just was like, whew, go St. Joan of Arc. <laughs> When I was in eighth grade, a couple of friends and I went into the church because we were practicing the readings for that mass that day. And um, <laughs> little did I know at the time, some boys had come in from our class and kind of popped up and down in the back of the church. But we were in the on the altar practicing and, we, you know, they scared us. So we didn't know what they were. We knew something was back there. It looked dark because it was dark in the back of the church and we were kind of freaking out. So we decided to go and just kneel directly in the middle of the, you know, on the steps heading up to the altar, the main altar right in the middle. And so we're kneeling and praying and praying and I'm praying for protection. And I look up and at that time, the church was, um, at that time there was a Mary statue right in the center and, and the church itself is St. Mary's. And that time Mary had her um, head was looking kind of heavenly off to the side. Her eyes were gazing heavenly and her hands were on her heart. But in that moment, when I looked up, the statue transformed and she looked down at the three of us um, kneeling there and she opened her arms open down and out towards us, blessing us and telling us we would be fine. And I, was like, wow, that was cool, right? But didn't tell them anybody. We went, we like made our way to the back of the church because now we're brave. We're like going to see what's going on back there. And we're like holding on to each other as we make our way to the back of the church. And we get there. By then the boys had gone. We, we didn't find out till later that they were there. But we get there to the back of the church and I see this little card or we see this little blue card on the uh, under the radiator the, behind the back pew. And it says the 15 promises of Mary to Christians who say the rosary or people who say the rosary. I still have that card. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, on the blue card is Mother Mary, head down, arms down, like she's casting a blessing, arms face, you know, palms face forward, just like I pictured her on the altar. When we um, 
were, you know, kind of collected about this. For whatever reason, I was compelled to tell the priest, Father Deo. And he was a beautiful soul, really fun, beautiful soul. And when I told him, I made the mistake of saying the words I imagined. Now, when I said that, he said, you do have a great imagination. But I realized in that point that I hadn't really imagined it. The imaged, imaged experience happened to me. I was like, I don't know. I w- it was like my balloon was burst or something happened in that moment. Like, ugh, you know, that's eighth grade. You're heading into high school. <laughs> so I kind of just, you know, kind of ducked into my own self and didn't, um, kind of allow myself to have those spiritual experiences because I thought in that moment when I told him he was going to kind of uh, solidify what was happening to me and I could open up to him about more things, but I never did that because the way he said it, I and, and I could feel it. I could feel, oh, he doesn't believe me. He's a priest. He must have all these experiences too. Why isn't he believing me? And I was slightly devastated. So my my little lost years, not not really lost, still went to church and everything, but high school, I was not as um, prayerful, probably needed it more. I was not as um, open to mystical experiences. I was very much focused on the third dimension. <laughs> what, what high school student wouldn't be, you know, how do I look? What's my hair look like? We wore uniforms. I went to Catholic school, so I didn't have to worry about the clothes, but those were tricky times. Fast forward ages later, I think I'm in my 30s, and I end up visiting this beautiful monastery where a lot of the nuns that taught us at St. Mary's now resided. And I decide to talk with Sister Germaine. She was our principal at St. Mary's at the time. And I was in eighth grade, I was the class president, and I got the American Legion Award. That was really cool for me. Um, so I was proud of that. But I decided to talk to her and I was talking to her about my experience and she looked at me and she said, oh, honey, you told the wrong person. I was like, what? She goes, you should have told the nun. You should have told me. And I was like, oh my God. I said, you know, fourth grade, I loved Sister Patrice. I thought for sure I would be a nun. And Sister Germaine said, um, you know, God had other plans for you clearly, or you would be. So she like rectified my soul. Talk about a total healing. What a gift from God. Thanks for bearing with me while I told you these stories. They're so near and dear to my heart. You know, I haven't really told many people. So thanks for uh, sitting with it and listening through them. Um, There's a few more that I want to share in my upbringing before I really bust into teaching you to do what I do or enhancing what you already do. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of good skills. I'm going to, I'm eager to share them with you. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a fabulous day and um, I hope you come back. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, 
psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.